Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Neil in Euless. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thank you so much. I really enjoy your show. This is exciting. Thank you. So, so my, my thing is, is I, I own half of a duplex. And... In my half of the duplex, I'm noticing things that you mentioned, like, you know, a lot of times with, like, some of the cracking in the drywall. Yeah. Um, in that, I, t- I, you know, talked to my neighbor, and he doesn't have the same same situation going on on his side. He doesn't notice anything. So my question is, is because um, I, ha- I would have to coordinate schedules, but, like, if, if you come out and measure, do you have to measure the entire duplex lab, or is it just... Like my half of the slab. No, we have to actually measure the whole thing. And, okay. And here's why. And any any good company is going to do the same thing. In fact, some cities require it. But uh, the main reason for that, let's say three years from now, he starts getting a crack over there. Who's the first person he's going to call? He's going to call the foundation company that worked on your side and say, you cause damage to my side. The readings ah. give us a benchmark to say, no, here's where it was when we did the work. And we can shoot another set and say, okay, here's where your side has now deflected. And Excellent. so, And that's the reason some of the cities require it because they were getting into too many scuffles with homeowners that uh, they would be involved because they issued permits to do one side without having the other side checked. Okay, that makes that, that makes total sense. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for the info. You bet, Neil. I appreciate the call. Scott in Duncanville, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I am doing wonderful. Well, so one of those super duper plungers blew out a wax ring on my toilet in my bathroom. We had some wood floors, and it leaked underneath there and buckled the floor. So I'm going to have to redo the floor and that kind of thing and and in the middle of that decided well while i'm at it let's just go ahead and, and redo the whole bathroom so one of the things <laughs> that was a pretty big jump wasn't it <laughs> well it's a fairly small house fairly small bathroom so you know why don't take the opportunity to go ahead and clean some things up and do some things so looking at you know we always are running out of water i mean again small house but uh five people and teenagers and everybody's oh, always yeah. the water heater down so i was thinking about increasing the water heater capacity maybe doing two but then i started reading up on tankless stuff i am an electrician i'm a master electrician and have my own company and i have no problem with adding power to the house so i was thinking about putting a 15 kw or a little larger at each bathroom and one for the kitchen and just doing away with the, the water heaters all together what is has tankless water heaters are they capable of keeping up with with showers and and that kind of thing today i I don't know much on the plumbing side oh absolutely i've got uh are you going electric or gas you know i'm gonna go electric i don't have gas in the neighborhood we kind of live in an area there's a lot of rock and stuff so and and that's and and that's totally fine Uh, my house is all electric and i put in a uh an electric tankless water heater about six six or seven years ago now and i would never go back to a tank Cool. I mean, I can I can turn my shower on and uh, 
quite honestly, I can get uh, caught up watching a TV show and forget I've got the shower going. Right. <laughs> and still have hot water when I go in there to take a shower. Is there any downside to placing that? Like I was, think, I was thinking, um, of course, right now the water heater's in, in the garage. And, and, and so just go out there and replace a, a whole house tank with there. You're still going to have that lag time when you're trying to get hot water on the other yes. end of the house for the shower. Is there any kind of a problem with mounting that tankless heater maybe in the attic above the shower so that it's a quicker time to hop the hot water and just and just use the, the cold water uh, feed there to to then redo the plumbing and get your hot water at your location is, is there anything technically wrong with, with going that route nothing at all okay cool awesome. uh, I mean the only thing you're gonna and, for the normal homeowner, yeah, it would be a real pain. But since you're an electrician and you can run all the wires and, and you know everything that mm-hmm. you need to, to bring it up to, to speed, for you yeah. it would be simple. For your right. normal homeowner, it would be cost prohibitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, for all intents and purposes, a plumber, too, just don't have the license. <laughs> I've done it yeah. all. So, yeah. Well, and, and the plumbing, to, to honestly, I put my own tankless in. I mean, right. I own a plumbing company, and my master plumber, you know, the, he had all his guys busy, and I said, this is the day I want to put it in, and uh, they are so simple to put in. I had a conference call with all my managers that day, and I said, okay, I'm going to put this, uh, I'm going to put my water heater in before the conference call, and I wear white shirts every day, always have, and right. I went up in my attic, I installed the water heater, and when we started the conference call, uh, my guy, my master plumber says, oh, I thought you were going to put your water heater in today. I said, I'm already done. <laughs> yeah. It goes that, it, it, it literally is that simple to put in. You you uh, you got an outlet just like a tank where the water goes in. You got another outlet where the water comes out. Hook up the electric. It's done. Right. And with the cr- compression compression pipe these days for plumbing, it's amazing. I, I've got an office, too. And uh, and put a uh, put a little break room in the in the warehouse uh, a couple of months ago and used that compression stuff that plastic compression stuff for the plumbing. I was just blown away. I said, you know, I wish I wish that something they'd have such a revolution in the electrical business as they just they did. I mean, I, I'm used to sweat stuff, you know, copper <laughs> and everything, and, yep. and the difference between the two is just amazing at, at the speed. You it know, is. That you can put that other stuff in now and it. And the durability, you know, when you go yeah. with that PEX, uh, especially, right. you know, like you're talking about going up into the attic, should a pipe mm. ever freeze up there, copper, when it freezes, it expands and breaks. Splits, right. That PEX, it expands, and as it thaws out, shrinks right back to what it was. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It was yeah. really cool. I, I, I was just, I just fell in love with it, that little project. So, cool. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate the You bet. Bye. Take care. All right, you too. John, how can I help you? Hi, Jim. Uh, I was calling to get your opinion on duct cleaning. I've heard, you know, never clean your ducts, and, you know, I've heard they should be cleaned. Well, my personal opinion is unless you've got a real good reason to clean them, don't. And and here's okay. the good reasons. And, 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 well, let me start off with why I say that. What's the air that's going through the ductwork typically? It's, it's filtered air. Exactly. It's the air that's already gone through and been cleaned up. 
Now, if you end up where after your filter you have uh, a breach in your system where you start getting a lot of dust and stuff pulled into the, the ductwork, then it's a reasonable thing to go ahead and clean the ductwork. If the system was shut off and you did a bunch of remodeling in the house and the dust went up through the vents into the ducts, it's a good reason to clean the ductwork. But in general, okay. ductwork normally does not need to be cleaned, especially if your house has the media filters on it, you know, the pleated filters. Right, uh, we do. Yeah, there really typically is no reason then to clean those ducts. And you have okay. to be careful if you ever do have ducts clean because if you've got the, uh, the flex duct, which most of us do, and they've got the plastic inside, when they go to clean them, it just tears it all up. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. And, and folks, that's coming from a guy who has an air conditioning company. Uh, they're, they're typically, if your system is being maintained and the air is being filtered properly, yes, your coils need to be cleaned periodically and things like that, but really your ductwork, normally there's not a good reason to clean it. I'm not saying never. I'm just saying normally. Uh, another call out of Baytown. Dave, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Jim. How are you? Wonderful. So um, I, I caught just the end of the last segment where you mentioned the ductless system. You have something on display there or yes. or a vendor there? Uh, yeah, actually, Due West Air Conditioning, uh, you know, my, my family business. And okay. uh, we have one of the carrier ductless systems set up and, and running here, so you can come down and see it. Is, is it designed to replace an existing system that obviously wouldn't go in the ducts or anything? But Yeah. It, yes, it is. And I will tell you, in my own home, I had two air conditioning systems in the house. And I actually replaced one of them with a ductless-type system uh, and added an extra room with the ductless. Because what a lot of people don't realize is with the outside unit, you can actually run multiple heads or cassettes inside the house to do multiple rooms with one unit outside. And that way you've got, you know, you, you can have your bedroom nice and cold, the living room at night, raise the temperature, nobody's out there, or vice versa during the day. Uh, it, it makes them really energy efficient. And the operating sear rating of a ductless system versus a system that uses the duct, the conventional air conditioning, uh, a, a very high sear rating on a regular system is 20. Ductless systems, it's not unusual to hit 35, 36 sear rating. Wow. Um, does it work also multi-level as well instead of just all on one level? Uh, yes. In my own house, I have off the one unit, I have one upstairs and one downstairs. Okay. Thanks for watching. You bet. Take care. Cindy, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I, I have a shutter uh, window question. Okay. I've had, I've had my poly shutters in since 1995, and I'm happy with them, and I need now to get new windows. But I don't want my shutters to be have to be taken off. Can they install my windows without messing with my shutters? Are your windows on the inside or outside? 
my windows, I think, on the outside. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your shutters, <laughs> are they on the inside or outside? They're, like, flush with the wall. Am I describing uh, that right? Yeah, but they're inside the house, not outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Those kind of shutters, the, uh, uh, what do you call them, starbursts Pl- or sunbursts? Yeah. Those, okay. Called, that type of shutter. Gotcha. Inside uh, the so, yeah. Sunburst shutters. They're plantation sunburst. style. Yes. Okay. Right. If they're mounted on the inside and, and, like you said, they're flush with the wall, uh-huh. You'll be able to uh, have the replacement windows done, and it will not harm the shutters at all because the replacement windows I, are done from outside. Okay, because I didn't want to mess with the um, screws and all that because it held up well. Yeah. And, you know, all the painting and everything. Okay, good. Then I can call them. Yep. That's all yeah, I need give, give America's Choice windows a call. They'll be more than happy yeah. to help you out. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, and, and just for everybody, when, when replacement windows are put in, what they do is take out the glass of the window frame, and then it collapses inside the window opening. The new window slides in from the outside and then butts up against the sheetrock or the trim that was around the window. So there's really no reason for them to have to mess with anything uh, you know, that's, that's around the window inside. Now, if you've got... Uh, mini blinds or something like that because those are recessed into the window opening they do ask you to take those down but other than other than that uh you're all right with everything jason welcome to ktrh how can i help you yes sir Uh, i have an ac problem with my house it's a two-story and it has one ac unit but has a thermostat upstairs and a thermostat downstairs now the upstairs it barely cools, but when you turn that thermostat to cool, it also cools the downstairs. And basically, for the past couple years, we've only been using the upstairs thermostat to cool the entire house. The bottom downstairs, we've had off for a year. Okay. And I, I know it's supposed to be some kind of zoning system. Right, and it sounds like your zoning system is out. Or, or malfunctioning at this point. Is uh, that done from, like, the, the baffles in there? Well, the yeah. The, the air to the, different correct. upstairs, downstairs? Yep. The baffles open and close in order to redirect air. And they don't always necessarily close off completely. Uh, so you sometimes will get air going downstairs because a system also, depending on the system, can work off back pressure. In other words... If when the unit is blowing, it's blowing too much air and building too much resistance for the size ductwork or or resistance blowing back, not allowing the air out, it'll open up dampers to let the air go into other sections. But given what you just described, uh, I really think it's it's nothing more than your uh, zoning system has malfunction somehow and it may be a minor computer resetting or it could be that just a uh, motor on one of the dampers is out yeah that's that's kind of what i was thinking it's my attic's really tight with uh, it being a two-story where they put the ac unit so sure it's i've only been able to spot like three different baffles but i'm sure there's probably another one yeah uh i'll tell you if you call the due west office 
uh, Due West Air Conditioning at uh-huh. 713-475-0004 and have Jay come out to your house. He does a lot of our zoning type systems. Okay. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Thank you. Jason, how are you? I'm doing good. How can I help you? Okay, I have an 18-year-old house. The windows in the back, I heard that you were talking about windows. Yeah. Uh, the one window that that's in the master bedroom is where you can slide. I think it's a single pane, okay? Okay. And it has the caulking around the outside of it and everything. Well, the cold weather... I was looking at it, and the wife started complaining about how the cold is coming through the weather, uh, window. And I, I, I can feel it, and I can feel it on the sides of the pane itself in the window. Is there any way, I don't want to replace them right now, but eventually I will later on. But is there any way I could, um, is there some kind of silicone or something that I could put on the sides of that window so it can stop with the uh, uh, weather coming through the cold. Is, is uh, it coming around the glass and the frame, or is it coming around the frame and the and the wall studs? Uh, it seems like it's coming around the, the frame a little bit and the wall studs, kind of. Okay. If that's the case, you, you can uh, caulk it both outside and inside. Okay. And, that, and that'll stop the breeze from coming in. If it's okay. coming around the glass panel itself, that uh, becomes it, very difficult to stop. Well, it, 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 I can feel both of it. I, yeah. I saw where the, where the gr- glass, where the glass goes in. It's one of these windows, that single pane where you can slide, you know? You yeah. You open it up and like that. So it's not a double pane or it's not a hurricane or nothing like that. Yeah, and where it slides, that's a lot of times where the air comes in. Okay. And for that, uh, you can actually put some weather stripping inside where it butts up to the weather strip and, and that'll help slow it down but it probably won't eliminate it but it'll definitely help to slow it down uh this also came in yesterday hardwood floor repair i need a recommendation for a company or person to repair my floors i have glued down engineered hardwood floors and have three locations that have moisture damage i i do have flooring to use to place to replace the damaged flooring. One location had water spilled on it with a plastic office chair mat on top. The second location is in a bay window and the moisture seems to come up from the bottom. And the third location is in that same room and seems to have moisture from the bottom. This is from, wow, Cordelia. Hadn't seen that name before. Well, let's talk about that for a second. One of the reasons I don't care for glue down wood floors on concrete is just what you're experiencing, moisture coming up from underneath. We get moisture under our slabs in Texas. I'm sorry, it's a fact of life. It just happens. And when you start getting that moisture coming up, it will cause the floors to buckle. There needs to be more moisture tests done on the concrete floors before wood is glued down that's one of the reasons i tell people all the time go with a floating wood floor because you got a vapor barrier in there now obviously the areas where you spilled water on top and are having to replace the flooring that's not caused from the underneath moisture but as a home ages you are more likely to get moisture coming up through the concrete because the moisture barrier that's under the foundation tends to decay over time as well even though plastic is supposed to last forever in the ground Let me tell you, my practical experience digging underneath foundations, that plastic 
turns to almost like felt paper over the years uh, where it gets attached to the bottom of the concrete. So regardless, the repair, if they can remove the sections and you've got flooring that matches, that would be ideal. And you mentioned that you do. Uh, it can become tricky because, you know, it's tongue and groove and everything gets locked together. So it, it uh, they end up shaving off some of the uh, lips that lock together in order to snap everything into place. But it is possible to do that. Otherwise, they end up putting the sections in. You end up sanding the entire floor down and refinishing it. And that's if that floor is a refinishable floor. Engineered floors, some of them cannot be sanded at all. Some of them can be sanded once, some of them up to five times. It depends on the thickness of the veneer. As far as somebody that can do it, because it sounds like you're going to be dealing with just weaving the, the new boards in, stop by your local floor and decor store. Uh, they've got locations all over the city, all over the Metroplex, and talk with them because they have contractors that are checked out that can come in and take care of all your flooring needs. Jack, how are you today? And I appreciate you waiting. Yes, sir. I was listening to your earlier comments about uh, moisture through uh, slab foundations here in Texas. I have a, yeah. uh, a slab foundation with, currently with carpet on it, and I wanted to replace the carpet with uh, vinyl plank flooring, uh, you know, okay. the, wood look, the wood look flooring. I don't yeah. like the feel of the floating floors. So I wondered if my glue-down plank flooring would be a good choice for, for my floor. You know, the, the vinyl planks or any vinyl flooring actually does pretty good, even if moisture does come up through. You will find if you use a very light-colored vinyl floor that uh, it can discolor if moisture comes up through. But the vinyl planks for the wood look, they do exceptionally well because they're darker in color. They've got joints in them, so there is a place for the the uh, hum, uh, humidity to be dissipated with the air conditioning system dehumidifying. I don't know if that if those little spaces are helping or not, but I got to be honest, I've never gone into a house and seen where vinyl plank flooring has gone bad from moisture coming up. Well, I also I've only seen it on some of the light colors where they where they put out a whole floor of uh, you know just roll out vinyl. Mm -hmm. where if moisture did get up underneath it, it'll start getting a little bit of a purple color under there, and that's just from the molds and mildews that can get into the paper. And that, again, only have I seen that on light-colored floors, almost white. Anything darker in color doesn't happen. Well, I had a sample of flooring, and I left it out in the weather for six months, and I didn't find any, any change in the material at all over that period of time, so... I felt yeah. like it would be safe for my kitchen as well. Absolutely. The newer the newer vinyl planks are they're just I've got some down in uh well I've got it in two of my offices. Uh because it, being a, a contractor and we work out in the mud and stuff, you got to have something that's durable. And I've had one of them down for 6 years already with uh crews walking across it every day with muddy boots and stuff and we mop it and it's good to go again. If one is damaged, is it easy to replace the one plank? Absolutely, okay. uh, because you know they they don't lock together or anything, so you can just literally rip that one up and glue a new one down. Gotcha. By the way, I wanted to to uh, uh, 
relay a compliment. A while back, I thought I had a foundation issue. I called and set an appointment. Uh, your son, Johan, came out, uh, reviewed uh-huh. my situation, and told me that I didn't have a, a foundation issue. I had a tree issue. And he told me how to deal yep. with my tree issue. And I just wanted to say that I really appreciated his uh, professionalism and his honesty and his help. It relieved well, a lot of concerns that. I had about my foundation. So wanted to pass that on. You know, if more people would deal with the, the trees, drainage, and water leaks, there'd be such a small amount of foundation repair done in this state. It'd be unbelievable. But we leave it going. That keeps me in business. Well, another pointer that he, he he brought up at the time, I was going to suggest, in fact, I think I suggested, can I put a soaker hose around the foundation? He didn't recommend that because he said it could present different problems. And I didn't realize that until he explained that to me. So he yeah, just told me to hoses, water three on the other side. Yeah, soaker hoses do a wonderful job for maintaining the, the foundation. But uh, you, you got to watch if you got the trees around it and you start using, and this is for everybody listening right now, if you got trees around the house and you start using a soaker hose and you didn't do root barriers or something, mm-hmm. you will actually draw those tree roots to your house and it can cause major problems for you. That's what he was explaining. That's yeah, very interesting. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You Thank bet. You for your program. Jack, I appreciate the call and thanks for holding. Thank Take you. Take care. Sean, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? I got a question. Uh, what they call it? Seems like uh, the nails, nails are popping out of my drywall. Yeah. How old is the house? 1983. Because usually that's something that happens when a house eh, gets around two to five years old. The the nails will start popping out. Normally, what causes that is a the wood when it's when the house is first built is usually still a little bit moist. With the air conditioning system running and everything, the wood starts to dry out, and it actually starts to pinch those nails, the sheetrock nails, out of it. And so it's not uncommon when a house is new for it to happen. Given the age of your home, are you seeing any cracking or anything? Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a few cracks in there. I noticed that, a few cracks in the house too, yeah. Yeah, because given the age of the home, uh, usually what happens is you start getting some foundation movement, and that normally happens when a house is around 18 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, from there on it's, it, it is when it's really subject to the movement. And as the foundation moves, you can get some of the nails to start working their way out because every time it dries out, the foundation will drop a little bit. When it gets moist, the soils get moist. The the uh, foundation picks back up, and that constant moving up and down starts to walk those nails out. Got you. Uh, and that's also why you're getting the sheetrock cracks. So first thing to look at, what do you have for trees around the house? If the canopy of the trees are getting near the house or over the house, you've got I roots tree, going under the house. Uh, I had a tree which was right, right next to the house, but I got it chopped off. Okay. So, well, but there again, then the foundation's moving from that uh, because the tree was taking moisture, brought it down. You cut the tree down, the moisture content goes up, the soil swells again. So I think you just got some some, uh, seasonal movement that's probably causing the issue of the nails popping. 
If there's other trees that are nearby, you may want to consider some root barriers. Once that's done, then you can keep the foundation watered to keep the moisture level up. That'll minimize the movement, which will keep the nails okay. from popping. Because they had a foundation work done about a year ago when I bought the house. Ah, okay. Oh, you just keep adding to this little puzzle, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm puzzled too because <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I'm thinking the foundation work was done. I talked to the foundation company. They came out. They looked at it. They said, you know, it got a quarter of inch difference. And he said, that's pretty normal. Yeah, I mean, a quarter inch. If it gets much anything beyond that, then I would say, hey, it's it's moving enough where it ought to be taken care of. But uh, a quarter inch, that can happen and just you move over two feet and take a, another elevation. Uh, literally, you can get that big a difference in that short a span. So I wouldn't worry much about a quarter inch. When you start dealing with half inch and plus, then yes, let's, let's take care of doing some adjustments. But uh, given the fact that you had trees, you had foundation work and all that. That is what's making those nails pop. You should be able what I normally recommend to people, instead of just hammering that nail back in, uh -huh. pull that nail out, put a sheetrock mm -hmm. screw in its place, gotcha. and then just touch over it with a, a dab of sheetrock mud, you know, joint compound. Okay. And you can paint it then. Scott, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. I have a two-story traditional brick home. It's got uh, a stone front in the around the front door area, uh, but the bulk of the home is red brick, and we were looking to change the look of the home. And, you know, I've looked. I know you can – it looks like making it stucco is relatively doable. I like the – stucco look in my area i see some some brick homes that it looks like the brick almost has some type of plastering or mud for it to where you can just see a hint of the brick but I don't, yeah. i'm not sure what that's called but i just wanted to know what the options are and what in terms of what would be cost effective durable etc okay well you obviously you yes yes you could go over it with a stucco and if it's done properly you won't see the brick because they would go on with a metal yeah. lath and then you know coat it with the the three layers to to finish it off they also make some uh limestone products that you can that it, that's made out of pulverized limestone that you can spray on and carve it to look like stone yeah I've, I've and it actually it. is stone I've... uh and the the nice thing about using that type of product, if you don't want to do the entire house in it, you know, you could do just the bottom portion to give you that stone look with the brick on the upper portion. I don't know what kind of condition your sure. brick is in, but uh, red brick with, with uh, limestone like Austin chalk, it, to me, looks gorgeous. I, just, I love that look. Uh, so that may be an option for you as well. Uh, beyond that, I don't know of a whole lot of choices. Uh, people start painting okay. the brick and, and things, and I, I've never been a fan of painted brick. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Um, do you have any idea in general? The I, I know the sprayed limestone. I know I've seen literature on it. Um, 
you know, that versus a stucco, just a straight yeah. stucco conversion cost-wise? Are they similar? Or they're they're going to be fairly fairly similar. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. And and, and just up front, neither one is cheap. No, I got you. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. You bet. Take care. And uh, you know what? There there are a lot of different choices out there. So, you know, if you're looking for, you know, another option is actually to take the brick off and, and just lay stone or, or a different brick. But, again, that gets into pretty expensive. Uh, if you're looking at just doing stonework, you know, taking the, the brick off and putting stone on, you're looking at typically around $13, $14 a square foot. It gets it gets to be rather costly. Leon, how can I help you? Yes, I hope this is a simple question. Uh, when you turn your kitchen faucet on, it has that thump. Um, what is that, and is there a simple solution? It, it happens when you turn the faucet on? Yes. Okay, and it's just one quick thump and it's done? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. You know, a lot of times people say that's a water hammer, but a water hammer happens when you shut the water off. Typically, if it's just one thump that way when you turn the water on, you've got a washer that's gone bad somewhere. It it slams into place when you turn the water on, and more than likely, it's going to be... Well, let me ask you this first, because this will tell me for sure. Is it happening when you turn either hot or cold on, or just one or the other? I'm going to say one of the other... Um probably the cold more so than hot okay then it's more than likely going to be the the washer at the bottom of the handle it's come loose and when you loosen it turn the faucet where it loosens up to let the water flow by it's slamming that washer out of its way and so it's just a matter of shutting the water off remove the stem replace the washers and o-rings on that uh, stem and put it back in You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.